You're tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly pop and geek culture show covering movies, TV, games, and comics. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Hey everybody, welcome to Nerd Overload, the pop and geek culture show that is back from its short one-week hiatus. Yeah, yeah, it took a little <laughs> sabbatical or what, what have you, whatever, but yeah, we're back better than ever. Uh, I'm Sam. I had whatever the opposite of a vacation is, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Cody. And I'm Samantha. Yeah, and we have an extra special guest with us uh, for the first half of the show. We have Josh Neelis, the guy behind Cutthroat Comics. Josh, thank you for coming on the show, man. Oh, thank you guys for having me, as always. Yeah, yeah, back again. Uh, I think it was about this time last year that that we had you on, uh, talking about your comics and, and whatnot. And uh, from what I understand, you, before we get into the check them out and stuff, I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, so you have a new comic uh, coming out here soon, is that right? Uh, that is absolutely correct. Could okay. not be a more true statement. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool, yeah, and it's uh, it's on Kickstarter as well. So this would be the, what, the fourth in the uh, Turkey Sharks uh, series? Uh, yeah, it's the fourth issue. I think it's our third Kickstarter. I was yeah. trying to remember the other day. I think I think we did one and two together because mm-hmm. uh, I had already put out the first one. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is this is the fourth one. We're really digging into the story arcs and the meat of the story and stuff. And it's a fun one, um, you know, for the collectors out there. I usually tell them, you know, there's I think there's three first appearances and and a wedding. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in this one. So it's definitely a collectible issue uh, in 50 years. (laughs) There you go. All right. Awesome. So um, is so I guess with Turkey Sharks, is it going to have is it going to be like a a, is it a limited series or is it an ongoing thing or is there going to be like an endpoint to these or is it just kind of rolling story kind of like a, a lot of uh, modern comics uh i mean right now i don't have any plans of like killing everybody or, or <laughs> rebooting everything or anything like that um i mean as long as i keep having like ridiculously stupid ideas i'll probably keep making this one awesome i, I do have another mini series i'm getting ready to start on but that's that's down the road a ways oh gotcha okay right on i was actually going to ask you if you had anything else uh coming up because i know you do uh you do you do books as well and you know the cutthroat does a lot of different a uh, lot of different things so i started the third installment of the hellscape series uh a couple weeks ago or something like that or a week ago i'm, I'm like i think i'm getting close to ten thousand words in it already wow. all right um, excellent yeah and then then hopefully here pretty soon we've got tales of shock and terror 2 will be uh hitting kickstarter as well okay cool so um I don't know. You've you have you've had a lot of experience with uh, Kickstarters and that sort of thing since you've uh, you've kickstarted uh, many of your comics and books and whatnot. Uh, is the has the process gotten easier over the years with with the Kickstarter? Is it a uh, has it uh, have things changed over the years? How is how is setting it up now? I guess compared to you know back in the day. Um, I don't know. They've added a lot more features and stuff, but I don't know. Like for me, it seems like it's more difficult. I don't know. if if there's more people using Kickstarter, so like it's spreading everybody out. I've heard a lot of people talk about the economy, which I don't, I don't know. I, I don't like to make excuses if mm-hmm. that makes, makes sense. Sure, I just sure. feel like I got really busy. Cause like, like we talked about before we started recording, like I started buying comic book collections, um, on top of my day job, on top of having a, a child by myself, like, so I, I put too much on my plate, so I, I probably could have sank more into promoting this Kickstarter and stuff. But, I mean, it's it's still doing okay. We're we're not quite halfway through yet. I mean, we hit our our very reasonable funding goal, but really all the fun stuff doesn't happen until after we hit $1,000. That's when I start signing books, and we're doing COAs and, and all kinds of stuff like that, mm-hmm. free, free PDFs and Okay. Well, I mean, you're from looking at your your Kickstarter, you are getting pretty, uh, fairly close to that thousand dollar mark. And uh, uh, have one one last question before we get into the show. Um, kind of kind of a dumb thing. I noticed that when you hit a thousand, um, was there something about the one chip challenge that you were going to do? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so if we get fifty backers, okay, fifty backers and two thousand dollars. Ah, gotcha. Okay, we've never. I'm not a lot of people do really, really well with Kickstars. I think they put like a lot of comic book people, that's where they make their hay, I guess. Uh for me, I'm more of a do signings and cons and stuff like that. Like I'm just 
I'm, I'm not so much a techie person as I am mm. a face to face. Like you see how handsome I am and my beautiful <laughs> smile. So you buy my books. Like, I don't know what it is. Um, so I'm not, yeah, I'm not like great at online stuff as where other, other guys maybe, you know, who are younger than me are. Um, but you know, one thing I started saying recently is when people walk up to my table and I say, Hey, you know, what kind of comics do you like? And they say, well, Marvel DC, which is great. I like that stuff too. But I, I like to tell them like our quality is just as good. Our stories, the paper we use, the printing, I mean, the art, the writing, because I'm the writer, of course, <laughs> I, I, we're, we're just as good. We just don't have the huge giant millions of dollars or billions of dollars behind us yet. So. Mm-hmm. Well, well, good. Well, hopefully, you know, you said you're about halfway through. So, um, about how many days would you say is left on it? Uh, what are we, like 23, 22, something like that? It okay. ends on uh, July 7th is when it ends. July 7th, so at least a couple more weeks. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, folks can r- run over to the Kickstarter. Uh, where would be the easiest place uh, for uh, folks to find the link to the Kickstarter and all your uh, work and stuff? Uh, I mean, you can go to cutthroatcomics.com, but I don't have the links on there yet. And that's, a, that's a whole other story. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, you can check any of our socials, Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can just go to kickstarter.com and type in the search bar, Turkey Sharks. It'll pop up. Um, but, you know, for people that like, you know, superhero stories, but mine are very different. And I know, Sam, you've you've bought a couple of them. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's a bit of silliness, but at the same time, there there's substance there. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, I love your series. I think I actually really, really liked uh, Stingray. The, the one of the one of the earlier ones and he's a member of the turkey sharks the turkey sharks i guess we should have mentioned is like a it's almost like the avengers kind of of all your uh, uh various yeah. characters come together yeah i was doing three series and we kind of closed off the story arcs and now we're just doing uh one series of of all that because you get a good blend of all the, the the dumbness and the darkness and all that well they all all the characters seem to kind of play off each other really really well yeah and that's and that's cool and that's and that's uh you know really awesome that you've been since you've been the the sole author on these characters that you're really able to kind of help them kind of mesh together whereas you know other comic series you know they're just taking characters created from this place and that place and whatever and right. seeing what sticks since you know it's one unified vision of the series they all kind of mesh together and i think it's really cool yeah yeah you know for instance like we've got ginger avenger who's who's dealing with uh, the stress of becoming a superhero as where, like Shazam, he transformed into the superhero so he doesn't look like himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's like dealing with like not, he'll look in the mirror and he doesn't see himself anymore. But then, of course, his best friend is Zebo, the drunk homeless robot, who is like an extremely bad influence. So he just gets him drunk all the time, which exacerbates his depression. So it's just kind of a... <laughs> yeah, kind of a vicious cycle there. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah. So anyway, yeah. Uh, go run over to uh, the Cutthroat. Um, you're pretty active on Facebook, so uh, you know that's probably where most folks find you. That's, I'd imagine. That's the so place, you know. okay, okay. Well, right on. All right. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and uh, jump into some of our weekly check them outs and stuff. And uh, Josh, if you want to hang around and uh, join us for that, that'd be awesome. Sure. Okay. Great. We'll hit the jingle and then we'll jump into it. Check it out. All right. So, uh, so yeah, some things we've been doing, the, I guess the last couple of weeks since we've actually had a couple of weeks off here, but, uh, uh, Josh, since you're the, uh, since you're the guest, yeah, let, uh, let the guests go first. Why don't we let you go first? <laughs> Sorry. Hang on. Oh, yeah, no worries. My kid turned his TV on and it was like super loud. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, no worries, man. <laughs> what was, what was the question? Well, I was just saying, since you're the guest, you know, I figure, you know, um, we'll let you go first. What have you been, uh, what have you been doing? Um, I guess in the la- in the recent, you know, whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, we always talk about what we're watching and playing and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, gee. Well, I finished The Flash, the TV show, and I was, you know, it is what it is. I enjoyed a lot of it. Not, you know, all of it was fine. I enjoyed a lot of it, though. You know, of, um, of, of all the C- all, all the CW uh, superhero shows and stuff, I really think the, f- I like The Flash the best. I think that, I think they really got the character a little more than, you know, Arrow and, and whatnot. Well, and there was a lot of fan service in it. Um, there was, yeah. You know, and I, I, I don't know. I might put Arrow above it, but like Flash is my favorite DC character, so I really enjoyed all that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Supergirl was cool too. And and no matter where you fall on the political spectrum, I I found it even a little bit preachy at times. So that kind of was like, all right, let's you know, can we just have fun here and watch a superhero show? Sure. Yeah. Um, even though 
again, you know, I'm sort of drifty that way anyway, but still even, even I was like, all right, you know, let's, let's just have fun here. Um, the great on, uh, what's that on Hulu? You guys watch that one? Oh yeah. That's yeah. a good show. That's it's a really so, good yeah, show. Yeah. It's so funny. It's so funny. Um, that was really good. I've been trying to play Far Cry 6, but being as busy as I am, I've been playing it for like three months and I'm, I haven't even barely done any of the story. I just doing all the side quests. <laughs> that yeah. seems to happen a lot with Far Cry games where you, yeah. you get, get distracted by every other little, little tick on the map. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm finding that with uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, oddly enough, too. I'm you know I I, tr- I try to sit down and play a little bit of it, and um, well, one my gaming time these days are so f- few and far in between that I kind of have to r- try to re remember where I'm at, <laughs> and then I get distracted by something, end up not doing anything of of consequence in the in the game, and I'm right back where I start oh, basically. Yeah, I I got to the point where like I knew it was starting to wrap up. And I didn't want it to end, so I was just out there doing every like little side quest and, and oh. mission just to like extend the the time with the game. Oh, gotcha. Uh, which I did eventually get around. I did finish it um, yesterday. Oh, really? Okay, wow. Uh, the end is really good. Um, there's some plot stuff that you don't really you haven't really seen in a Zelda game before. Um, I don't know. It's just such a good game. It's so good. Cool. Like. As the credits roll, I sat there and thought, "Wow, that was something really special." And I was, I'm glad I'm alive at the same time as it is, so I get to play it. Like, <laughs> I think about that kind of stuff all the time. Like, whenever I die, there's gonna be like MCU movies coming out that I'm never gonna get to see, and it like makes me so sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, Marvel stuff, uh, the other thing you had mentioned, we were talking a little bit before the show, as you mentioned. Um, you got a chance to see uh, Spider-Man across the uh, Spider-Verse. Is that right? I did. And let me tell you exactly how it ends. Oh, okay. Oh, great. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we haven't had a chance to watch it here. But uh, but yeah, if you want to give your kind of a, a non-spoilery or light spoilery kind of opinions of it, I guess. I, I know the first one was fantastic. I can't wait to see this new one. Yeah, I won't uh, I won't spoil anything because that's like a pet peeve of mine. Like on, on socials, if somebody posts a spoiler, I'm like, you're you're deleted. Instant. No <laughs> yeah. explanation. Like you're gone. Um, no, it's it's uh, I want to say that I still like the first one just a hair better. But this one, I think this one might take a couple watch, like a couple watches because there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really fun. I thought it could have been a little bit more funny, but. The animation like gets a little artsy fartsy at times, and I think that's a good thing because it puts you back into when when you watch the first one. I was sitting there watching like I've never seen anything like this before, and so they kind of took it up even another notch with this one. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh it's cool. It's got you know it's got enough fun. It's got a little bit of funny. It's got heart and stuff. Um, my only knock on it was like some of the pacing was a little off. Like it would come to like a screeching halt from time to time. Huh, but other than that, it is very enjoyable. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's that is interesting. I've I have heard some uh, other folks have a similar opinion of it. You know, maybe the first one being just a just a little bit better. Um, I think it's really cool. Yeah, you mentioned the animation and stuff. Like, so each a lot of the different spider people from different universes, the different universes are animated differently. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, and they even kind of jump. I don't want to say too much, but yeah, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's cool. Like, well, and like even some of the camera angles and shots and the way they film certain scenes and some of the tones they use for, you know, when characters are feeling certain emotions and stuff. I mean, it's it's really interesting. Oh, cool. You can tell they put a lot of thought and work into it. And that's that's what I appreciate in a lot of films when when you can tell like they really care. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really clear that the that the creators really care about this, this, uh, you know, the property and the project and stuff like that. Right. I mean, unlike, you know, I don't want to knock anybody too much, but like that second Venom movie was like atrocious. <laughs> you, you know, as much as I love the the first Venom movie for it being just dumb, a dumb, stupid throwback to like the yeah. early Marvel movies before the MCU and stuff like that, where it's just kind of like this is just a standalone dumb movie. Yeah. yeah. The second one, it, it just wasn't. It didn't quite have that spark, I guess. Yeah, it was it was borderline unwatchable, really. And like. Like, even Morbius wasn't that bad, I felt. Like, it wasn't 
great, but it was at least watchable. I, I don't know. The second Venom was just they weird. were there were at least points in Mor- Morbius that you can go, okay, I could see what they're trying to do here. <laughs> right. I right. mean, I, <laughs> I, I I still think I I personally think Morbius was a little bit worse than Venom too, but not by much. Uh, just because of some of the choices they made in Morbius were just. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The thing I like about Spider-Verse is that it takes like this pop culture character that everybody knows and everybody knows the lore and everybody loves Spider-Man and does something like artful and interesting and yep. and smart with it and takes it to another level instead of it just being regurgitating things that people like. Like I, I don't want to harp on the Mario movie more cuz I've done that a lot, but like that's how you don't do it. And then Spider-Verse is how you do do it when you're taking a legacy, like, pop culture character like that. It, it's so night and day between the two <laughs> movies. Like, Yeah, I don't know. My, my kid was watching Mario the other day, and I, I think I watched a little bit of it. I think I had to take a nap, though. I was, like, cruising on empty. So, <laughs> But, I mean, you know, and another good thing about the Spider-Verse movies is as a comic book fan and collector um, and, and somebody that buys and flips – like books and stuff, like all the characters and all that is like really, uh, it's made me some money. So I appreciate <laughs> that. Well, that's, that's, that's good too. You know, <laughs> I, I know I've got, I got a first appearance of spider Gwen and, and miles on my wall that both of them, I think I paid $130 for. And now they're like near $2,000 books. So that's, <laughs> wow. that's impressive. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. That's... They're not in my house. They're in a locked box. Uh, <laughs> so anybody listening, don't find me. They're not here. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, tell you what, I'll do uh, the one thing that I kind of checked out. So um, I've um, I've talked about talked in the past about uh, Studio Thirty Five down in Columbus. They do from time to time. They used to do these um, bad midnight movie kind of things once a month called Bad Movie Night. And a number of months ago, the guy who had done it for like 10 years and they're and they're like a lot of work that goes into him because there's a lot of like editing there. He puts a lot of funny stuff, like a lot of yeah, finds he, a million clips and he, ed- he edits a feature length film. Basically, <laughs> yeah, he decided, you know what, it's it's too much work. I kind of want to move on to other projects and not and not really do this. People have been basically since it ended, people have been asking, hey, can we is it coming back? Is it ever coming back? Are we going to see more of this stuff? So he did um, not a bad movie night, but he did a, a bad movie double feature. The movies were edited down, but there were no like extra clips or things spliced into it like he would with the other stuff. So it was less work, but it was a bad dinosaur movie double feature. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they were pretty rotten. The first one was Carnosaur. By uh, that was done by um, the Roger Corman. That sounds films. really familiar. Yeah, um, it was. I mean, both of the movies were made around 92, 93, or I guess 93, 94, trying to get some of the oh, that Jurassic Park that, money, that Jurassic Park money. Yeah. So the first one, um, basically, a scientist uh, decide, uh, decided that uh, humans shouldn't be on Earth anymore and started genetically creating dinosaurs <laughs> and. I mean, the film does feature a woman giving birth to a dinosaur. Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> because the whole thing was, it's a genetic, she, the way that she's po- going to populate the earth with, with dinosaurs, she created a airborne virus that made women sick and then dinosaurs pop out of them. Yeah. It was weird. It was weird. It was really bad. It's like how the Gorn are, are canonically born now. <laughs> Yeah, kind of. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, and, uh, the, the funny thing is they got, I forget the actress's name, but she, she's the mother of Laura Dern, who was in Jurassic Park <laughs> to play the scientist. So it was very clearly like, we are just going to steal as much thunder from Jurassic Park we, as we possible. We need to get someone at least ancillarily related to Jurassic Park in some way. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. I have Laura Dern's mom's number. Well, get her on the phone. Get her on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the, spared no expense, right? Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, the well, the other one, you know, they they were so concerned about whether they could do it, <laughs> they should have decided whether they should do it. No, the second movie they picked, um, also from the Roger Corman group, Dinosaur Island, which was which you could call Jurassic Park that. Also. You could, but this one was less about dinosaurs and more about um, bikini cave women. <laughs> 
I did some reading up. It was rotten. It was. <laughs> it might. It might have been the worst thing I've ever seen. I think oh, no. I lost years wow. off my life it was watching like, it. It was like green level. It was. It was pretty bad. And like the dinosaur puppets were hand puppets that they superimpose over the screen <laughs> because they couldn't. I read they couldn't get the animatronics they had. They were going to use the animatronics from Carnosaur in this one because. You know, if you're making movies on the cheap, you got to reuse props. Well, they couldn't get it to work. So they just used hand puppets and and like they super called them a roller over. gator. I yeah, guess. yeah, right. Yeah. Was it like the uh, what was it like the old Burger King uh, Land Before Time hand puppets? <laughs> you know what? Some of those di- some some of the T Rex ones were not that far off. Actually, yeah, yeah it was pretty rough. Um, but a reading up on it, it, it was uh, two of the more established directors from Corman's group, um, one of which did Chopping Mall. Oh, the, the one I about the, the, the killer robots yeah, in the mall movie. attacking teens. Um, but they were like, we shot this in 14 days. We shot this on David Carradine's uh, plantation back lot because <laughs> we needed somewhere with desert that we wouldn't get in trouble for having topless women around. And that was there was l- almost no plot. It was it was maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. Wow. It was almost impressive how bad it was. <laughs> that's that's high anti praise. Yeah, it was. From yeah, you. it was. It was a, rough. A connoisseur we were, of film garbage. Yeah, we went. Yeah, I uh, went down <laughs> with the group, and we all agreed that connoisseur. Yeah, it was cheesy, but at least it looked like a movie. This looked like someone's weird uh, VHS home movie. <laughs> in someone's backyard with Some, hand puppets and stuff. It was somebody's straight to VHS softcore puppet film. Yeah, like. pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Not too. Yeah, you're not too far off there. But uh, but no, that's that's really been the highlight of what I've been doing. You watched the new Star Trek. Oh yeah, we're all caught up on the new Star Trek: uh, Brave New Worlds. Oh yeah, that's the one with uh, Pike and yes, like, yeah. It it's very good. Very good Trek. Mm-hmm. Very, very Trek Trek, oh, I guess. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So it seems more like like actual Star Trek yeah. with like thought put into the stories and not just bang, bang, explosion. Although there's going to be a little bit of that. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. But there's also a lot of cheese. Yeah, it's also really yeah, a little bit cheesy in a good way. Oh, good. Well, that's that's the best Star Trek is it's got to be have a little a light layer of cheese on like it. In the in the newest episode when Spock takes command for the first time and he's telling the ship to go the uh she drives the ship basically i forget what that's called oh like the pilot or yeah. navigator or something like that she's like what's your thing like what are you gonna say everybody has a different thing they say when they want the ship to go like pike says hit it what are you gonna say spock and spock goes i would like the ship to go <laughs> now oh that's great <laughs> that's and the, the guy that plays spock does a really good job like he sounds like spock he sounds like yeah kind yeah, of like a nimoy-ish Nemo- kind yeah. of yeah i think it's really interesting that they're that they're uh, kind of doing the the prior adventures of the enterprise with like you know, because they had from the original series, they had that one episode. The that was it, the man trap or something like that, or the, uh, the one the one where Pike's in the little the one beep, the box, beep, the beat box. Yeah, yeah. Which they they allude to the there's a future event, that, and this is episode one stuff. There's a future event that for some reason Pike knows about. Mm. Like he had a premonition or something, and he knows like something bad is going to happen, and he's going to have to sacrifice himself to save a bunch of cadets or kids so he knows he has a just like we all know <laughs> okay a interesting bad future coming interesting that's a really cool way of kind of giving the character a little extra you know yeah and in the season yeah. finale of the first season like there's actual some time travel stuff that's fun. Oh, of course because that's it's, fun and cool okay it's fun and cool not like later star trek time travel stuff <laughs> no, yeah no it's good it's, it's not picard time travel stuff I don't know enough about Picard to to know, but it's it kind of like goes outside the timeline, so it doesn't like affect stuff. Yeah, there's not a lot of like cliche time travel shenanigans. It's just him seeing what happens if he tries to change his bad future. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Oh, very cool. Very cool. 
All right. Well, hey, we're actually getting pretty close to the break here. But before we go, I want to give uh, give you, Josh, another uh, chance to kind of uh, promote your stuff. Let people know where where they can find you. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, cutthroatcomics.com is pretty easy. It's C-U-T-T-H. Um, I'm doing a lot more on TikTok, which is, it's starting to grow slowly on, on that, that app. Um, but yeah, most importantly, I mean, the Kickstarter runs till July 7th. Um, if we get 50 backers and $2,000, I'll do a Facebook live and I'll probably post it on Snapchat and TikTok as well. At least the clips of me doing the one chip challenge. Um, which is like a spicy thing, right? It's yeah, like, it's supposed to be pretty hot. I've seen people even like wearing gloves, like just to touch the chip. So yeah, wow. I think it comes with gloves to put on when you're yeah. handling the chip. Wow, wow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, if you like uh, superhero comics, but you like them, you know, a little bit different, a little bit zany, a little bit silly, but you know, it's got some heart and some darkness in there too. Like Turkey Sharks is where it's at. All right. Well, awesome. Well, Josh Neelis, thank you again for coming on the show and uh, can't wait to talk to you, uh, you know, later down the road for, uh, you know, future uh, future projects, man. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. All right. We'll be right back. Thanks. Hi, everyone. I'm Greg Dunham, the host of Long Play here on WZMO. Long Play is a show that appeals to music lovers of all ages. Here's an example. I love Long Play. There you have it. A completely unsolicited endorsement for one of our youngest fans. Grandpa, where's my candy? Ellie, be cool. Grandpa! Ellie and I would like to invite you to tune in to Long Play every Friday at 11 p.m. and Saturday at 3 p.m. right here on 104.7 WCMO. Hey, you made it through that ad break. Congratulations. We are back and we're going to talk about... Some news. Yeah, we have a few things here to talk about this week. Um, some game stuff, but we found some other stuff as well. So why don't we get, uh, jump in uh, to that Xbox and I guess Bethesda kind of because it's all, all kind the of same the same thing. And there was there was Jeffy's game show. Oh, yeah. Jeffy's, yeah. Jeffy's summertime game show instead yeah. of Jeffy's wintertime game show yeah summer games fest yes um but the, yeah let's do the xbox one first they opened, we're not covering everything but we're just kind of doing some highlights and stuff yeah. like that i think they opened with a new fable game which is cool that's a good franchise yeah and this time it seems like they're kind of playing on like a fairy tale motif because there was a jack and the beanstalk style giant that was also richard Iowade. <laughs> oh nice <laughs> nice nice and it was all all cinematic. There wasn't. I don't think there was any gameplay. Was there? Not that I remember. No, no I don't think so. Don't know anything about it except he's there. Yeah, and, and it's very big, large yeah, man. Yeah, there's a large, there's a large Richard Iwate. <laughs> which sure, he's okay, funny. Yeah. he's a funny guy. You know, if he's funny at normal size, I, I assume <laughs> he's probably funnier at large size. Yeah, maybe ten times more. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then after that, there was like this, uh, like Southern Gothic kind of uh, a game with a giant skeleton <laughs> man playing the blues on a guitar. That sounds it, cool. Yeah, and then a character comes out and they're like hunting for monst a monster, I guess. So it's it's some sort of Southern Gothic monster hunting game uh, called South of Midnight, which it didn't have any gameplay either. <laughs> Uh, that's that's been kind of the running theme with a lot of these this uh, this year because this is basically not E3. Yeah, E3 exactly. doesn't exist, but all the game companies are releasing stuff around the same time. And yeah, it's been a lot of cinematic or faked in-game. I've noticed there was some of that where like there's some in-game like they they threw a fake HUD on the screen to make you think that you're watching in-game and it's it's not. Yeah, and the stuff with like where all oh, the camera is panning way too smoothly and slowly to be anyone actually playing a video uh -huh. game. Yep. Yep. Um which I I'd rather watch a cinematic trailer than a fake game later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you're going to if you're going to make something up, you know, lie to my face, don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh but it looks neat. Southern Gothic is a cool setting. Uh, I like. Doesn't get a lot of play, but yeah. it is a cool setting. Yeah. I like zombies playing the blues guitar. Mm -hmm. After that, there was a another cinematic trailer. Maybe think of Mr. Bones. Mr. B not Mr. Bones. <laughs> Sega Saturn classic Mr. Mr. Bones. Mr. Bones. Yeah. Uh, there was a new 
trailer, another cinematic trailer for a new Ubisoft Star Wars game called Star Wars Outlaws uh, that looked cool. Um, apparently there is gameplay footage of this one if you look. I mean, I guess you would have had to have watched Ubisoft's press conference, <laughs> which I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Oh, yeah, I don't got the time for that. (laughs) Um, But like, it looks like a cool open world Star Wars game with a cool lady protagonist that has a cute little monster that runs a cute Star Wars monster that runs around with her. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Outlaws sounds like it sounds like an interesting premise. Uh, Maybe do some smuggling. Nice. Uh, nice. no, No lightsabers. So we're out of that. That baggage. Okay. All right. You know, let's talk about Starfield a little bit because that was kind of the big. Oh yeah, it had that was it, kind of the big thing. It had its own like separate presentation it afterwards. Was, yeah, and it was like an hour. What was it? An hour. I watched some of it, and it was like an hour long thing. And at least thirty per, thirty minutes of it was devoted to talking people talking about the game, but not showing the game. Oh, they showed a lot of it though. They yeah, really did. They did. All right. And I mean, it looks good. It looks kind of just like. Bethesda iterating on the stuff they've already done in like Fallout and stuff, but in space, which sure to me, it looked like Bethesda, but someone telling them you can't release a broken game. Make this better. Yeah. Yeah. Microsoft was doing that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because before they, you know, had free reign to just, you know, put out a half broken product. Cough, cough, Fallout 76. Fallout 76. Or even like first runs of Skyrim and stuff like that. A lot of their games are built on the same code base where bugs persisted through each game, essentially, and were never fixed. Yeah. And now they have some someone in charge of them going no, you're going to fix this. <laughs> hey, Todd, you're going to fix this. <laughs> and they, they talked about how they're going for like this NASA punk aesthetic. And I love it. I yeah, think it's really, yeah, it was pretty it's cool. really cool. Looking. I like what I saw of it. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I'm a pretty big mark for like sci-fi adventure stuff. And that's what this is. And mm-hmm. I, I hope to God it's good. It could, it's, it could really go either way. It, it's got to be. Yeah. Or... Or they're done. Yeah. <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Microsoft really does need it to be good after they, what happened yeah. with the vampire one with Redfall. Redfall. Which yeah. Is not good. No. <laughs> which Microsoft needed this whole presentation to be good. And it was. There's a lot of cool stuff in it. Like, I, I would recommend. 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 I can't, recommend, <laughs> can't talk. I would recommend just sitting down and watching it because there's a lot of cool stuff that's worth seeing. Yeah. Yeah, they they even sure. made Microsoft Flight Simulator seem interesting by putting Dune in it. And hot air balloons. Yeah. <laughs> there are hot air balloons in it. If you ever had a dream of piling a hot air balloon but not actually wanting to die. <laughs> you can also do that in Zelda. But Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this is simulated. It'll be a lot more complicated. Yeah, yeah. You have to have a flight stick for this one or something. Yeah, but and they've added like missions and, and stuff like actual. Oh, there's a game to it now. Yeah, there's a game in there now. It's not nice. just fly plane land plane. Nice. Nice. Or in the Dune one, fly orna, ornithopter. Ornithopter? Ornithopter. Ornithopter. Land yeah. ornithopter. Yeah. Uh, so uh, other game stuff. Uh, the Summer Games Fest. Jeff Keighley had to talk a lot. Yeah, during it he paraded himself out danced around like a little puppet man he got um, to meet a new celebrity this time oh yeah this time it was nick cage this time which... he got to become best friends with nick, nick cage which i i swear part of part of the games fest thing i mean i know he does care about video games and the video game industry he's been a reporter in it forever and this is his life but there is a small part of me that goes he just does this to meet celebrities right <laughs> like he did this just to meet what was it last year? It was Al Pacino and Green Day. Yeah. And and before Why that, was it was Al like... Al Pacino there? I don't even remember. He was talking about some sh- something. <laughs> I don't oh, know yeah. what. I don't even remember what he was there for. He was there to talk about the games. <laughs> hoo <laughs> It's got great pixels. Because <laughs> Nick Cage is Nick appearing Cage. as a survivor in Dead by Daylight. And which- who is he playing? Nick Cage. Nick Cage. He's playing. Yes, he, they asked him. Um, I, I think I think Jeff was a, taken a little aback by how theatrical Nick Cage was being on stage because he's used to celebrities being like, 
yeah, I'm I'm in this game and I'm going to talk about it. I don't really want to be here. <laughs> because he asks, he asks, okay, so what are you doing in this game? He goes, well, you see, I'm playing a heightened version of this actor by the name of Nick Cage. <laughs> he thought he was filming a movie, but he was, he blacked out and found himself in the woods and what did like this whole thing and like yeah it was great <laughs> he was nick cage he nick cage yeah, he nick up caged on stage and you know what he plays games he's a game he, he does oh, yeah. play games he does do stuff he yeah he's i, I don't doubt it at all yeah all, all of all of like the frankly kind of dorky stuff that he has bought over the years oh and yeah like yeah the stuff you know that he's into other than games you know you know video games are also on that list without a doubt <laughs> yeah, yeah. So speaking of celebrity things, uh, John Carpenter's uh, Toxic Commandos. Yeah. It looks like a generic drive around shoot 'em game, but also stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Zombie game that doesn't take itself seriously and has John Carpenter's name on it for some reason. No, is- not for some reason. John Carpenter plays a lot of video games. Oh, yeah. The dude loves video games. He, yeah. What was it? He, was it Far Cry or it was something um dead space dead space he has talked about wanting to do a film adaptation of dead space for years because that is like his favorite video game they should let him do it that would be excellent yeah yeah but yeah yeah dude's a huge gamer and like always has been oh for sure i don't know so maybe the game will be good i don't know Ah, maybe I, i mean i'm down for a zombie game as long as it doesn't take itself seriously i feel like the last several we've gotten have been way too dour and Mm-hmm. The Last of Us. <laughs> uh, you know what? I would be I would be fine with it being a generic game, but with John Carpenter's band's music. Yeah, that's so that that synth metal that he does. The other thing that I was wondering if he was going to do the soundtrack. Oh, to I it bet. Or not. I guarantee he's at least got a song on it because, like, he's a. I mean, he he's known almost as much for his music now than his films. Yeah, I mean, he, that's what he tours. That's what he does now. He tours with his band and does concerts of his film music nice. to synth metal and, and that's the only thing he did with the last couple halloween movies was yeah. the score <laughs> yeah and they're great they're great it's probably the best part yeah no jamie lee curtis is jamie the best lee part. curtis <laughs> is the best part well yeah Let's see what were also, some of the keanu was there to to shill on cyberpunk and oh he DLC, was wasn't he yeah um which is apparently very good i've Appar- heard apparently they rebuilt the game from the ground up they took the time that they need actually needed to complete the game and it's not just the dlc it is a reworking of the entire system from the back to yeah. back to square one yeah it's it's gonna be the game everyone thought it was going to be well i don't i don't know if it's gonna be that because people's expectations were way too high to begin with. Well, sure. But it's going to be a much better game It'll now. be much more playable. Which I, I didn't think it was that bad when it came I know, out. You were, you were you, playing yeah. it on PC. Yeah. Well, people, <laughs> That's the problem. No one was playing it on nobody PC. Nobody was playing it on PC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I also heard that um, the YouTube uh, documentary person, uh, the Spear Hunter, has a, is a voice... Oh, they in, put they, they put Susie they in the put, game. They put Susie in the game. She yeah, she's uh, uh, I mean, she's voicing a character that looks like Cyberpunk Susie, but she, yeah, she's she's That's a character cool. in the game now because she was a big she really championed the game. Yeah, when she it first was one of, yeah one of the main proponents of it. Yeah. It's a good game, actually. Yes, yeah. In fact, I think that's at least a couple of her videos were. Yeah, it's a good game, actually. Ah, uh, jeez. What were some of the other big ones? They did th- well. the The big one at the end was the Final Fantasy Seven, uh, two. Which, which you don't have to show me any more of that. I'm gonna buy it when it comes out. Don't worry about it. I was impressed that it is coming out on two discs. Yeah. Two Blu-rays. That's a big game. That's that's a that's, that's a, a beefy one. That's, that's a, a spicy meatball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And th- there's there's talk about maybe maybe Tifa's the one that dies this time. That's what I hear. I, I don't and know. And that the Tifa that we're that we've been playing with so far is not actually yeah, Tifa. Not, not the original Tifa yeah. from, from Nibelheim. Yeah. Which would be interesting. It would be interesting. I don't know. What I, if what if she is secretly Genova? That would be wild. But, but like does it like amnesiatic Genova or something. Yeah, maybe she thinks she's Tifa, but she's not. I don't yeah, know. something, something. I just don't want them to kill Tifa because she's the best girl. She's pretty great. She is pretty good. 
I, th- I think it's hilarious. There was an interview with one of the game devs. And I mean, I understand why they had to say this because what do you, you're not going to say the opposite, but like the game, they asked the game dev, is this a good jumping on point for the series? And he said, Oh yeah, sure. We, you know, this, the, the game will get, get you caught up. So you don't have to play the first one. It is. If you've never experienced the final fantasy franchise, this is a great place to jump, jump in. No, it's no. not. No. Not even a no. not even a little bit. I don't even think the first one really is that good of a jumping off. Point. It's not the first remake. No, the, it, you it references everything. I mean, I think you could play it and still enjoy and get, it, get something out of it, but you won't get you won't get the the deep. You won't get why things are weird. Yeah, because that's that was the overriding feeling in that game. I thought was if you played the original and you know the franchise, even if you have a cursory knowledge of the franchise, because there's a lot to there's a lot, but like you'd play it and go, boy, something's not right. If this is a if this is a straight remake, that's not right. Yeah, something something well, something's it's, up. It's very much like the Evangelion rebuilds. I think that is what they looked yes. at and said we're going to do that. But with Final Fantasy, we're going to tell people it's a remake, but it's actually a sequel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm actually really excited for Ever Crisis. They finally showed off some of that and yeah, gave for a, a phone little game, bit of that date. looks really cool. It looks really good. I mean, I I have a phone uh, a cell phone emulator on my PC specifically for this for game when that comes out because I'm going to play it on an actual screen with an actual controller. But yeah, it's. <laughs> Yeah. Did you, is it is it a it's an Android emulator? Uh, yeah, it's an Android emulator. It's then, uh, BlueStack. You can you can sign up and get in the open beta for it. And I'm probably going to sometime this weekend. Um, but no, and that's and that's supposed, from what I understand, that is supposed to be a more traditional retelling of all of the previous games. So I think that's the one that'll get people caught up. Yeah, and it has the stuff that we never got, like the weird cell phone mm-hmm. games. Like it, it'll recap those stories. And there, are, there's actually new, uh, new content in the form of uh, giving an actual story to the first soldier, the MMO, or not the MMO, oh, the, uh, the uh, first, the Fortnite, the Fortnite knockoff. <laughs> They're actually giving a little bit of a story to fit that in with everything. May it rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. I still think it would have done so much better if it got a console port. Agreed. Or a well, PC, same with or this. It's not going to same same with Ever Crisis. It's not going to do well because it's not a PC game. Yeah, the only people that want to play games on their phone are people who want to match three objects. Sure. Or catch Pokemans. Yeah. Yeah. That's and, that's and I'll about say the... that as someone who will play a game where you match three objects. That's about all I want to do on a phone. I tell you what, Vampire Survivor is probably one of my favorite things to play on a phone because it is it's just active enough yeah and you don't have to push buttons yeah it's it's not a totally idle game but there's a just enough for you to do oh did you see any footage of the new monster hunter the neantic monster hunter game i haven't seen any footage of it monster hunter now it looks very good it looks like an actual video game really mm-hmm. boy i can't wait to see how neantic screws this one up. yeah hopefully they don't hopefully but... they don't but boy every other game that hasn't been pokemon go they just haven't been able to recapture the spark and the stuff they're doing in Pokemon go. They're doing their best to ruin it. It seems as though they want to ruin the series. Even, even the Pikmin game, which was a good start. Mm-hmm. They just did. I feel like there was something they could have added something more. There was something missing that they just never got around. Yeah. To their, uh, their, their, uh, original IP Pyridot is, was fun for a little bit. It's basically, a. Uh, AR uh, Tamagotchi essentially is what it is. But I had to delete it off my phone because I was getting like five, six push notifications a day. Oh God. And not and not to be like, hey, your animal would like to play or your animal would like to eat. It's like, this new thing is in the shop on sale. Buy it now. Buy, buy, buy. Money, money, money. Ugh. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this. <laughs> But they showed some footage of the new Monster Hunter at the there was a Capcom showcase because, of course, there was. Of course, there was. But, there, you know, there's actual like dodging and attacking and fighting monsters oh, nice. in groups like and and this is a franchise that actually fits. It kind of lends the, itself to yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, because the game's all about going out in nature and, and scavenging objects and fighting monsters, which with fits, other people. Yeah, which is their big 
push which, yeah which fits the the theme better than the the nba <laughs> yeah i still can't believe they tried to make basketball go yeah if we go to the starbucks there's a shiny shack <laughs> you can get your me- your mega evolved kevin durant uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> That was the first basketball player I could think of. That wasn't like someone who hasn't played basketball in 30 years. Well, I almost said a legendary Kobe, but oh, yeah, Yeah, you can't get that one anymore. You can't that. No, that one's that one's not available. Um, So let's move on. Uh, We have some non-game stuff. We should probably go ahead and wrap up. We have about 10 minutes. I know we probably missed a thousand things, but hey, yeah, we we hit what we hit. We hit what we hit. And that's all right. (laughs) We're the light dusting of news. We're not. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things. Uh, so Although, yes, I would be remiss not mentioning the Monkey Island expansion. Of course, for uh, of course. Sea of Thieves that looks really great. Um, it's a good combination. Both franchises are silly pirates, so it's a good combination. It is a good good mix. Um, yeah. The big issue is they pro- they didn't uh, get Ron Gilbert, the creator of the game, involved in any way. Ah, bummer. Uh, he didn't even really know about it until right before they announced it, apparently. Oh, shoot. Which is kind of a, a real stinker move. But he said, you know, whatever. I hope it's good because I love Monkey Island, too. So yeah. So you can still play it and not feel guilty. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. Uh, so a couple of things. So McDonald's has been really pushing this whole uh, Grimace's birthday thing. Yeah, and um, I love the Grimace. Yeah, he's one of my favorite McDonald Land characters. He's yeah, a, a big purple dumb milkshake loving. What is he, I wouldn't just say man, but he's not a man. He's not a man. I believe he's technically livestock. <laughs> According to that one video we watched, he's technically livestock. Um, and it's fun to see the McDonald Land characters back uh, without Ronald McDonald. Yeah. Too. They had pictures like of his birthday party and Ronald was noticeably oh, no. absent. Yeah. Well, there's well, you know, they had that falling out years ago. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only pe- the only McDonald Land characters at his birthday party was like the Hamburglar, which is a little weird. I guess maybe that's why Ronald wasn't there. Yeah, maybe. You can't get those two in the same room. No, no. Well. Uh, Birdie the early bird mm-hmm. and I think maybe the McNugget buddies were okay. there. Okay, there weren't any fry kids? No. Ah, oh, bummer. Uh, I always liked the the extended universe characters like Mayor McCheese, yeah. Officer Big Mac, um, Captain... Oh, Mc, the McFish Captain. I yeah, can't remember what the his McFish name is. Captain. He's, they're all rip-offs of Sid and Marty Croft characters, but you know what, well, that's Well, not fine. just rip-offs, they were, pars- they were created oh, by that's right. Sid and Marty Mc, Croft. And then McDonald's kicked Sid and Marty Croft off of the the project and then just kept all the stuff they made. Yeah, and then and then in retaliation they made HR Puff and stuff because that was the original idea was a McDonald Land show. Do you think the flute was instead of French fry that he blew on? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Absolutely I do. Absolutely. But, uh, but they, they made a Game Boy Color game with the Grimace. Yeah, Actually, I saw that. I played all the way through it today. <laughs> yeah? It's a pretty solid game. He's like skateboarding and stuff, right? Yeah, the first level is skateboard. The second level is regular platforming. Um, and then also the third level is too, but you get in a bubble and can jump around. Ah, uh, gotcha. But it, it plays like better than you would expect a game about the Grimace on Game Boy Color to play. Nice, nice. Well, they made it with the, the Game Boy... Um, oh, GB Studio. GB Studio. I, yeah. I have that. It's pretty is cool. It easy? Is it easy to use? I haven't looked into it. Yeah, pretty easy. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty cool, and it creates actual ROMs that you can put on a actual hardware. It's pretty neat. Um, have you tried the Grimace Shake? Yes. It's pretty good. Yeah? It wasn't... It's not revolutionary. No. It's, it's not surprisingly delicious. It's just pretty good i wasn't a huge fan of it but then again i'm not the biggest fan of artificial yeah, oh yeah that's what gets me yeah, yeah it's still should, make... should we spoil what the flavor is it's like a berry it's like grape okay it's like grape berry kind of whatever yeah, i'm not the biggest fan of artificial grape yeah that that is the biggest flaw is that it is a mcdonald's milkshake yeah well because they you know they mix everything has that vanilla base so you're so you're not just getting grape you're getting grape vanilla and, and that's, there's no actual like milk in there it's no all it's all powder it's powdered yeah for a McDonald's milkshake it was pretty okay yeah 
Now, my question is, are they going to bring back Uncle O'Grimacy? The shamrock <laughs> oh, shake. Oh, the shamrock grimace. shake. Matt. They should. Yeah. They missed their chance, though. That was March. That's true. Well, maybe. Hey, you know what? We get the year of grimace. It's <laughs> they'll have they'll have record low profits, just like the year of Luigi. We're in our grimace era right now. <laughs> uh, so uh, okay, uh, last thing, and this is one that I kind of wanted to get into a little bit. Um, so. HBO Max has rebranded yep. and to just Max. Max, the one to get for HBO. <laughs> it's 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 the Max, you know, it's where uh, everybody from Saved by the Bell yeah. went to eat their french fries. It's MTV's The Max. Oh god, The Max. Yeah, but no, um along with that they've been um, you know, no, we've that's probably on Paramount Plus actually. Well, probably, yeah, it probably is. And that's <laughs> and that was a pretty good show. It's pretty uh, faithful to the comic. Uh anyway, um you know, we've reported on it before, but HBO Max or the Max or whatever. I'm, I'm going to keep calling it HBO Max because that's what it is. Um, <laughs> there was no good reason for them to drop the HBO part. If anything, that is the like the more brand recognition part of the name was yeah, the HBO part. People don't know what Max is. The Max was the part to get rid of. And of yeah, course, they did it wrong. And they didn't. <laughs> if they if they were smart, they would have just called it HBO Discovery. The, HBO yeah. Discover, because that's what it is. Anyway, they've been pulling a lot of their shows off of uh, Max because for because David Zaslav, the president, ha- does not see the value of anything ever. And the most recently, in fact, this was just today, it was reported that uh, Space Ghost Coast to Coast, the Adult Swim. I guess it wasn't technically Adult Swim because it was before. Yeah, it was on before Adult it Swim was, was a thing. It was the the forefather of Cartoon Network's Adult Swim animation block, which gave us a million really good shows and also Squidbillies. I like Squidbillies. Squidbillies was okay. I couldn't think of Twelve Ounce Mouse. Yeah, Twelve Ounce Mouse is the one you wanted. I, to that's do. the one I wanted to say, but I couldn't think of it in time, so I just thought said Squidbillies. Anyways, um. They removed all of Space Ghost Coast to Coast from the Max, and I really think that is a net negative. Um, it kind of brings to the fourth thought for me: preservation of uh, media. Yeah, when all this streaming stuff started with all these huge libraries, we never thought there'd be a time where it would not it would go away. It would go away, that, and, that's and yet just here not we the are. Way it should work, but yeah, yeah. Um, people, yeah, things disappear for little to no reason on the whims of some billionaire turd yeah yeah (laughs) and it's it just it sucks that you know we're going to lose i mean space ghost ghost goes on its face it's a dumb cart dumb show but it was a dumb show that was very important yeah it was a dumb groundbreaking it was a dumb groundbreaking show that brought forth so many other great shows if it weren't for Space Ghost, there wouldn't be like a Rick and Morty. That wouldn't be a thing. If it weren't, you know what? If it weren't for Space Ghost Coast to Coast, there would be no uh, Harley Quinn, which is right now the big moneymaker for the HBO Max app. Because without Space Ghost Coast to Coast, you wouldn't have things like Harvey Birdman. You could see elements of Harvey Birdman in in um, oh yeah Harley Harley Quinn. Quinn. You could see elements of Venture Brothers. I mean. Harley Quinn could turn a corner and Doc Venture could be right there and it would fit and it would work. Um, Well, you wouldn't have that awful Velma show that HBO seems to... is getting a second season. That they seem to love so much, which sucks. And if if Josh were here, I would say, this is all your fault, man. (laughs) (laughs) He's not here to defend himself, so it is all his fault. We are placing the blame squarely on Josh Harrison. For hate-watching it. For hate-watching it. Like we told him not to do. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, (laughs) mm-hmm. But no, I just think um, we need to get better about um, preservation of uh, media and not just yeah. like TV shows, but movies, the games, games, that sort of thing. There are so many movies that came out in the 80s, 90s. And I mean, yeah, a lot of them were trash, but just because they weren't good doesn't mean they shouldn't exist. And there's, well, I, the other day I got a wild hair and tried to go watch the uh, Saturday Morning Supercade, the old Donkey Kong and Mario cartoon. Oh, yeah, and so much and stuff of like that, that is missing. Gone just gone and it's and it's not coming back and i mean the big one is of course doctor who there's big chunks of that but 
the difference is at that time they weren't thinking about home media. They didn't know better. They didn't know better. Now they should know better. Now they should know better, and yet they're not. I mean, for the longest time, the Batman uh, Adam West series was just straight not available. And I mean, that was more licensing than anything. Yeah, you'd have to hope it was on syndication somewhere. Yeah. It was your best chance at seeing it. It was the only chance you'd have. And, you know, um, it, it, it just makes you go, okay, well, what kind of physical media can I get for these things? Or I hope someone has backed up everything that's been on streaming somewhere else. Yeah. Nebulous. Yeah, you shouldn't have to resort to piracy to watch this stuff. But you shouldn't, but a lot of times you have to. Sometimes it's your only choice. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's sad and it's, you know, it's, it's going to take something big, like say lost. They decide <laughs> the office, the office. Can you imagine if there was suddenly nowhere you could legally watch the office? Yeah. People there would be outraged. There would be fires would in the care. streets. Yeah, but I I can't believe Disney Plus took down the new Willow already. You, oh sure, you can't watch that anymore. It's a tax write off now. Yeah, well that really awesome documentary series they did on Marvel Comics and various other things. It included the uh, uh, documentary on um, Japanese Spider Man. Oh yeah, that Gone. was really good. Removed. Oh, gone. You can't. That was a really good documentary too. It was. It was a really good documentary series. They did a lot of stuff. I mean, it had that really good Paul Shear episode where he was like finding a bunch of weird, obscure characters to try to bring back in a gritty way. It was half jokey, but it was also bringing up, hey, these are characters that have that were used maybe three times in a twenty-year span and have been sitting on the shelf. Why don't we make they're, something they're out of that? Of, they're kind of lost media in there. They're own, kind of lost right? media. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think I think uh, as a collective, we need to do better with archiving stuff uh, because if we don't, it's going to disappear. And if people are too reliant on a digital and, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, it's just going to be gone. I, I wish Disney could work out the rights to Muppets Tonight and get that on Disney+. Plus. I would, too. That would was, be... was such a good show. Muppets I'm... Tonight was great. That was, that was you know, my tele- televised Muppets. Yeah. You know. And that I always see clips of it here or there, like on TikTok or whatever. Yeah. And they're always so funny. And it's like, just let me sit down and watch the whole thing back to front, please. Yeah. I would love to watch some of the other stuff, like the... Um, I'm going. I've I've been rewatching the Defunct Land uh, documentary things here lately. Um, but there was like Little Muppet Monsters that was like a thing that for like three or four episodes. That's just gone. There's uh, which was like a spinoff of uh, Muppet Babies. Uh, there was that weird the Jim Henson Hour. Yeah. That I mean wasn't from what I understand wasn't the best his finest work, but. A lot but of it, it doesn't exist anymore. It's the only place you can see Waldo C graphic or whatever. Mm-hmm. Waldo C graphic <laughs> and that and that weird like robot guy. <laughs> yeah, but still, it's just because it wasn't great doesn't mean it shouldn't exist. Especially when you're dealing with a creator like Jim Henson, where yeah. where everything he did has at least some value. It has some merit yeah. at, least, at the very least. But yeah. And I mean, even a lot of the old Salmon Friends stuff, early days, is gone. There's like two or three episodes of that, and that's it. And he did that for years. But again, didn't know better at the time. But yeah, preserve your stuff. Buy a DVD every now and then. Yeah. Keep keep things. You never know when, when your favorite thing's going to be gone. And if you don't have a way to get it back, you're going to be these, stuck. These companies don't care if you have a way to watch your favorite show or not. They do not care. They do not care. Nope. <laughs> All right, with that, let's go ahead and wrap things up for the week. You have been listening to Nerd Overload. Thank you very much for tuning in. You can find us each and every day over at nerdoverload.com as well as various other social medias like Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, Patreon. Technically, we have a TikTok, (laughs) although we haven't done anything. You could see me reverse eat a piece of paper saying that we're streaming. (laughs) And that was maybe my best video on there. We we might have to do the one chip challenge. We might have point. to do that at some point. Yeah, I'll I'll ruin myself for a night. I don't I don't work on Fridays. It's okay. <laughs> well, you can email us at staffnerdoverload.com. Let us know if if uh, we should do the one chip challenge. You could also call us on the Nerd Overload hotline, four one nine five six one five 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 six. Leave us a voicemail. Say I want that one chip challenge. I'll even set up a camera. I'll figure oh, out. No. I'll figure it out. No. I'll figure it out, <laughs> or something. I don't know. 
Uh, you can also find all of our back episodes on various podcast apps such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and more. Finally, I'd like to thank Parker for helping us out with the Facebook page. Again, thank you to Josh Neelis for coming on the show. Um, check all of his stuff out at uh, always, Cutthroat always Comics. A always a good time. And David Pencil for the use of our intro and outro. You can find more of his stuff at davidpencil.com. So again, thank you all for tuning in, and we will be back next week. If, if even one person calls to request the one chip that, that's not us or an immediate family member, I'll do it. BJ, we're talking to you. 